It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it is the kickoff to the football week. I cannot wait for all the games to get started, and then eventually Sunday will be here before you know it. Today's show, we are going to get into A.J. Brown being inactive. Blake Bettingfield had some comments on the Midday 180 this week that we're going to talk about, and I'll give you kind of what he had to say and what I think is really going on with this whole entire conversation that's happened. And then in our second segment, we're going to do a little bit of Titans talk with the return of Taylor Lewan. Taylor spoke today, or spoke on Wednesday after practice, and a lot of his teammates had things to say today about his return, so I want to make sure you guys get all that information in our second segment. And then in our third segment, we're going to do Roland's rewind and we are going to take a look back at the last time that the titans played the bills a lot of you will remember as i call it the nick williams game we will just take a look at how that game played out because i do think there will be a little bit some key themes we can take from that game that we should expect on sunday even though it's different teams and an entirely different year so we're going to get into all of that today really excited once again kick off to the football week let's get it Tennessee Titans lead story is Blake Bettingfield, who is currently a contributor at the Midday 180 and was a scout for the Titans for over 19 years, finishing as the college director of scouting before John Robinson came in and made some changes. He had some comments about A.J. Brown on Tuesday saying essentially that he could see him being inactive for some games. I want to give you guys the full context here that he was talking about, so just to give you a little bit of what was said on Tuesday. Essentially, Blake Bettingfield made a comment where he said that A.J. Brown, who's best working inside routes and a bigger, more physical player who's easily covered up downfield because he lacks speed, and he could see him being inactive at certain times. Here's a quote for you guys. Quote, Yeah, so he played 24 snaps, which would say he's situational in this game. He had three catches, kind of an inside route for a TD that he took outside, a fade route for a TD, which was a really physical one-on-one matchup. There are going to be times when A.J. Brown has these type of opportunities, this game, Cleveland, you saw it. There are other games when he's not in. Jacksonville, or he's not going to be as active. Even in this game, the Titans didn't make him active. He was not on the field. So when you say there were 60 plus plays on offense, he was on the field for 24. Somebody else was playing. So I'm saying he was situational. Situations just happen to be good when he was out there. And that's what's going to happen with a rookie wide receiver, especially someone that was used to lining up inside in college and is now playing on the outside more. He's still better on the inside than he is out consistently. This was a little bit more of a softer coverage type team than it was versus Jacksonville, and they were a little more in his face at the line of scrimmage and making him run precise routes and get off that bump and run coverage. They didn't do that this week. They were playing more of a man, and he was able to take advantage of that. Paul Kahersky countered, he's not going to be inactive though. To which Blake Bettingfield finally responded, it just depends. Tajay Sharp has kind of fallen through the back of 
has kind of fallen through the back a little bit in this offense. He is going to be inactive. We'll see how the rest of the season goes. We are just a quarter of the way there. Right now, I would say no. Why would you make him inactive? But there are times where it could be more of a Tajay-type game. That is obviously when I thought they would have a vertical stretch guy with Taiwan Taylor, but that's not there either. So this is what they have on offense, and they are going to try to be bigger on the outside, more physical. In certain games, they'll have opportunities like they did this week. In games like Jacksonville, they won't. So that's his full quote right there. And as you can tell, some of his thought process is a little frantic. It was hard for me to read quite frankly, because he was jumping all over the place. I think the idea that A.J. Brown could be inactive for a game day for the Titans when he's healthy is just absurd considering what he showed so far and how high he was picked in this last 2019 draft. In the second round, the 51st overall pick, there's just no way with that information combined with the production he's given the Titans in the first quarter of the season that he would be inactive for a game regardless of the scheme or the type of secondary that the Titans are going against. Uh, I think in this situation, something to consider is not everything that he said is wrong. A.J. Brown probably would be more effective out of the slot. He's not a precise route runner at this time. He's more of a guy that's a weapon once you get the ball in his hand. So the Titans are going to give him easy routes to run that they expect will create separation through the scheme and they can get him the ball. And like we've seen, he's so good after the catch with the yak, the yards after the catch, so good and physical in the open field that the Titans do want to put him in easy situations that are easy to process for him, that he's comfortable doing. He's a rookie wide receiver. So some of what Blake is saying is not wrong in terms of how he's scouting A.J. Brown as a player, but just the assumption and the idea that it's possible that he would be inactive for a game is really where things just get out of hand and are are insane, quite frankly. I just don't see that as a possibility going forward. And in my opinion, one of the reasons things like this come up is because these local channels, these local stations throughout the week, especially the midweek, Tuesday, Wednesday, you have to manufacture content. You have to find things to talk about. And sometimes these situations like Taylor Lewan's podcast, which is now not a topic of conversation because he's back with the team and his suspension has ended. So some of these things that come up that seem just asinine to us logical people are probably just a media personality trying to bring up interesting conversation throughout the middle of the week. Before we jump to our second segment though, I do just want to give you guys an update on the injury report. David Flewellen, Delaney Walker, Cameron Wake all did not practice on Wednesday. Unfortunate to see David Flewellen not participating after he was able to get going a little bit last week. Looks like possibly he had a setback that we haven't covered. How he's able to still hold that roster spot over some other candidates that we've seen flabbergast me at this time. I've talked to you guys on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans. I've talked to plenty of people uh, who expressed the same concern as to how he's able to hold on to this roster spot, regardless of not being available to the team for the last seven to eight weeks Quite frankly, uh, Cameron Wake also didn't practice with a hamstring injury. We saw him suffer against Atlanta. Uh, I'm starting to be concerned about his availability, but uh, how they practice in Thursday and Friday's practice and whether they're able to go is going to be a big indicator. Delaney Walker, I do expect to play again. Looks like uh, while he is banged up with a knee, some of this is just a little bit of maintenance. Darren Bates, Kevin Pamphill, 
and Kenny Vaccaro were all limited participants. Uh, they were able to go, but Kevin Panfil, whether he's going to be active for game day and whether he's going to challenge Nate Davis for the newly acquired right guard position is going to be an interesting topic of conversation going forward. Might be something I have to hit on on Friday. So uh, for the Bills, just a player of note, Josh Allen was a limited participant. Uh, word hasn't come out that he's cleared the concussion protocol yet, but Titans fans obviously will keep our eyes on that going forward. So he was was limited and we will keep task of that hopefully we have some clarity by friday show as to whether or not josh allen's going to play for the titan schematic sake because like we talked about with jay or joe yesterday on the crossover wednesday episode the offense and the scheme that the bills are going to run with those two quarterbacks is entirely different due to their completely opposite skill sets so that is the injury report for today before we jump into our second segment i do just want to remind you guys that you can treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with doordash right now our listeners can get five dollars off their first order of fifteen dollars or more when you download doordash and enter the promo code LOCKED ON. That's one word L O C K E D O N. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners but not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet if they weren't the best. So do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season, bet with my bookie. Did you guys know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code locked on to activate the offer. That's promo code locked on. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Titans talk. Okay, so I want to play you guys a little bit of Marcus, a little bit of Taylor, and a little bit of Mike Vrabel just talking about Taylor Lewan's return. First, you're going to hear Taylor Lewan, and I just want to say that his last answer, the last thing he says, is a very passive-aggressive answer towards Paul Kaharski. One of the things we've talked about this week so far and last week is the distraction that Taylor Lewan's podcast might have caused. Paul Kaharski, a local media personality in Nashville, has really driven that narrative and kept that narrative alive throughout the season. So it's no surprise that you see a little bit of vitriol from Taylor Lewan in his passive-aggressive answer on the last question he's asked where he talks about what the offense is going to run. So I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of context for that one. Hope you enjoy this segment of Titans Talk. We'll see you in our third segment for Roland's Rewind. Oh, it's been tough to be away. Obviously, um, you want to be able to compete and be with the boys and everything. But now that I'm back, it's totally focused on the Buffalo Bills in week five. Uh, I, I mean, you can do all the sprints in the world, but when you put a helmet on, it's definitely different. It takes a little bit of time. Um, my main focus is just trying to get this rust off as soon as possible and get ready to play Sunday. I mean, the first game sitting there watching, it was pretty cool. And then um, and then it wasn't. And then it was cool again. You know, it's kind of like the ups and downs of how, like, the, you know, when they won, I was excited. When they lost, I wasn't. And 
you know, it's it's just it's weird. You know, I've never since I was little had September off, so that was something to get used to, and um, hopefully that won't ever happen again. And uh, I'm just excited to play week five. Uh, I mean, everyone's <laughs> capable of having juice, so sure, I mean. But I'm a positive guy. I have a lot of energy. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to be here. I'm, I'm stoked to be back with the boys and just get it going, get things moving, get some chemistry going with Raj, and you know, hopefully just go play well on Sunday. I mean, I try to reflect as much as I possibly can. I mean, anytime you're put in a situation like this, you have two choices. You can let it beat you up, or you can grow from these types of things, and I believe that I've grown from it, and I prepared as much as I possibly could for the opportunity coming up Sunday, and now it's, I'm, I'm excited to be back. Um, it's just it's a unique feeling. These guys have been in it. They've been in the grind, and for me to come back in after four weeks, you know, kind of you know fit back into what they're trying to do and what these coaches are trying to establish as a culture and keep that moving so there's been a lot of time for reflection for sure but i mean the the main thing here is uh, my biggest focus is week five i mean yeah the boys are fired up i was excited to see everyone i mean i consider myself friends with probably everybody on this team uh i get along with everybody on this team so I was definitely, uh, I was excited to see them and I feel like uh, the feelings were reciprocated. No, no, that's that's a good way of letting your ego get in the way of those types of things. And I, I, I mean, this these guys have done a great job. I think Dennis did an amazing job. And I, I, I would never take anything away from that. Um, I, I just got to go and try to fit in, get into mid-season form and uh, go play as best I can for Buffalo. I was at Vanderbilt with the boys, Dobson and the boys. So um, it was cool. I mean, those guys are awesome. They, they, uh, Mace took care of me. Dobson was really cool about let me come in, get my workouts in, get my conditioning in, work on some, you know, uh, O-line drills and stuff like that. And then uh, they definitely put me through the ringer and the conditioning area. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, the thing with the NFL is, is everyone's good, and usually their defensive ends are really good, and Jerry Hughes is no exception to that. So I, I mean, I got my plate full my first week here, and I'm excited to be a part of it. Well, no, definitely, I keep my emotions in check and try to focus on just doing my job and having as much effort and consistency as possible, and trying to make sure that you know when they do lean on me for whatever it is they lean on me for, I, that I excel. Yeah, I think we should run zone left. I think we should run zone right. I think we should run you know inside zone left and inside zone right, and maybe some power. Uh, we'll do some five-man protections, some six-man protections, maybe some seven-man protections. Um, I think the receivers will go out on routes, and Marcus will throw the ball sometimes, and sometimes they'll hand it off. So uh, that's a that's a top-notch question there, Paul. This is Titans starting quarterback Marcus Mariota. Well, I, anytime you bring back a Pro Bowl type player, um, that's going to help, no doubt. And um, you know, I think when it comes down to it, um, just through the few meetings and. Um, just what we've been through these first few hours with him. Um, he's excited, um, and he, you can tell that he's got a little juice to him. And I think uh, when you bring that type of player into the, the offense with, with some juice and excitement, it's going to kind of carry that over to other guys as well. And finally, Titans head coach Mike Vrabel. We'll see what it looks like today. We'll look at the, the first couple reps here today and um, go from there. But, we're, you know, I I know that he's in shape. We'll have to get him in football shape and, and be ready for that. We got a, a left tackle. We pay a lot of money to, to block their guy. That's what we got. Okay, guys, that is Titans talk. We heard from Taylor Lewan first, Marcus Mariota second, and then a quick snippet from Coach Mike Vrabel, who always keeps things simple. So we are going to go into Roland's Rewind next. Roland's Rewind. 
Okay, guys, so our final segment here, I just want to take a look back at the previous game against the Bills. And the only reason that I want to do that is because I think there's a valuable lesson to be learned from that game. So as you all recall, the Titans played in Buffalo week five after that huge win over the Philadelphia Eagles. So the Titans are riding high for the boys, no respect, blah, blah, blah. And then they come out and lay an egg in Buffalo. So the Titans have three turnovers, super uncharacteristic for the Titans. They're unable to get anything going in the passing game with just 129 yards. Um, Marcus threw a pick in that game. Uh, Taewon Taylor had a fumble. It was just a very, very difficult game for the Titans who played down to their competition last year rather than playing up and playing their own style of football. Josh Allen was able to run for a touchdown and make some plays with his legs, which obviously mobile uh, physical quarterbacks have given the Titans defense trouble, not just that year, but this year so far as well, speaking of Jacoby Brissett. So that is something that the Titans need to think about. And as I said, going forward... The final score of that game was 13-12. to The Titans were not able to score a touchdown. Things like that cannot happen anymore. The whole mantra of going from good to great, that is because of those kind of performances. The Titans offense cannot come out and get four field goals and lean on their defense and expect the defense to be perfect. The defense gave up 13 points and the Titans were still not able to win the ball game. Things like that can't happen. And going against Matt Barkley, one of the reasons the Titans struggled in that game is because of Josh Allen and his physicality and his mobility. Well, if Josh Allen is not going to be able to play and they're going against Matt Barkley, that leaves the Titans no excuse at this time to lose this game. Do not play with your food. The Titans are at home in this game. And although the Bills have a great defense... There is no way that the Titans offense should not be able to outproduce the Bills offense with their backup quarterback on the road against this Titans defense. So that is something that's really important. Another thing that I already talked about was the three turnovers. The Titans offense doesn't have the capacity to score a bunch of points on command. Really not an offense that you want to get behind early talking about the scoreboard so I think it's very very important for the Titans offense to get going early get a lead and not play from behind against this Bills defense because that'll play directly into what the Bills hope happens on offense it bails their backup quarterback out essentially and last year Josh Allen was a rookie and basically the Titans bailed him out the Titans offense was not able to produce, turned over the ball three times, couldn't score a touchdown. All of those kind of things are going to help an inexperienced quarterback or a quarterback without high-level talent. And that's exactly what Matt Barkley is, although he may be a high-level backup quarterback and someone who's very reliable for the Bills. He's obviously not the talent of Josh Allen, let alone some of the top-tier quarterbacks in the NFL. So the Titans cannot turn over the ball. They have to do more on offense against this Bills team. They cannot play down to their competition with the Bills having a backup quarterback in this game regardless of record. Those are just some things looking at the last game that I picked up that I think we have to focus on because this Titans team is not much different than last year's team. And coming off a big victory on the road, in Atlanta, I know it's not the magnitude of the victory or the feel of the victory that the Titans had against the Eagles in Week 4 after their Super Bowl championship, but still, it's a very big win where the Titans were underdogs and weren't expected to win and had a good performance. So they cannot come out flat and come out down like they had done 
against the Bills last year. So that's going to be some things that I find pretty important about last year's game. And then lastly, we just have to mention the Nick Williams drop. Watching that game back, I'm still as hurt as I was last year. Ten minutes left. Titans are down 10 to 6, having trouble getting anything going against a pretty good defense. And Nick Williams just absolutely drops a touchdown. The broadcasters on the game even said a night a nightmare moment for Nick Williams. And it really was. And it was basically at that moment in time that his Titans career was completely over. You can't bring somebody back after something like that. Even though during the game he did have a fantastic punt return that put the Titans offense in a really good position. Unfortunately, as we know, they were unable to capitalize with a touchdown. But having that kind of drop is going to outweigh any punt return or anything that you had done earlier in the game. Whether that should be the case or not isn't important at this time because it was the case. And the Titans replaced Nick Williams with somebody like Adam Humphreys, who I'm hoping is able to have a big impact in this game going forward, at least with the talent in the Bills' secondary. We're going to need Adam Humphreys and Delaney Walker to produce more than they did against the Falcons. So that's going to do it for our Rollins Rewind. Uh, We went over A.J. Brown being inactive, covered the injury report. I played you guys some of the snippets from Titans coaches and players about the return of Taylor Lewan and our Titans talk. Then we just completed our Rollins Rewind, taking a look back at the 2018 game against the Bills. I'm really excited to get into tomorrow's show. I'm going to do a game preview, give you guys my three key factors. I am going to do a tick Tack Titans tomorrow in our second segment to give you guys some schematic things to look at that are tied in with some statistics that I've been able to to drum up in my research for the game. And then we'll finish off with my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy preview and keep it at plus 100 to go over the fantasy and gambling aspects of the Titans game this weekend. Gonna give you guys a little spoiler. I'm betting heavy on the Titans. Let's go. All right, that's going to do it for our Thursday show. I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans. Thanks for listening to the Locked on Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NBA team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.